Hi, this was actually the first episode ever recorded of the podcast, but because the audio was a little broken, I decided not to post it at first. Now that I've been able to fix the audio for the most part, I've decided to post this episode. So here it is. I hope you'll enjoy this episode and apologies for any part of the audio that is still a little bit fuzzy. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello everyone. Today I'm joined by my friend Alice, who is an adjudicator, a debater, and a coach at my high school's debate club. Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, my name is Alice or Ling in Vietnamese,、uh, whichever you prefer.、Uh, I started debating since I was like in middle school. I'm very happy to join with all you guys. Great. Let's begin the episode. Most people know of debating as a process that involves a formal discussion on a particular topic. For those who are unfamiliar with debating as a sport, can you explain what it is? Well, I think that debating is quite similar to a sport.、It、can be a professional sport because, as far as I know, a lot of debaters actually take it like very seriously and can actually make a career out of it, even as a debater. And even like、uh, in the debate world, we also have like championships big enough to be considered the World Cup of debate, like World Universities Debating Championship or World Schools Debating Championship, which is basically you all. National teams of all countries get together and debate together. So I think that it is quite similar in how the community is actually organized. I think that debate actually have the spirit that is similar to sports as well, because people actually like just being competitive、uh, within the matches, but we're friends outside of the debate room. So I think that the spirits are like similar as well. So yeah, that should clear things up. Let's talk a little bit about strategies. As a debater, how do you actually win debates? How you win a debate really depends on how the debate already played out. The most fundamental thing to remember is just that whoever persuades you the most should get the win. That is basically the essence of debate. It is usually mistaken as like an argument. I actually had this fallacy when I started as well. So what you're saying is that as a debater, the person you're trying to persuade is not the opponent but the adjudicator. Yeah, there are a lot of debate rounds I competed in. When you're on the losing team, sometimes it is quite hard to believe that you lose that round because actually, when we are debaters, we have a tendency to overestimate the impacts and the logic and. That is the reason why it is not your responsibility, a debater, to persuade your who already buy into the fact that they are going to like win this round, but rather a third party, which is the adjudicators. Let's talk a little bit about your other roles. I know that you've been an adjudicator in many tournaments. As an adjudicator, how do you actually judge persuasion, and how do you judge debaters in general? Well, basically, in debate, you have three criteria. First is the content. 
uh, the content is usually the most important part of a speech. In debate, it's important to like for you to look at at the actual material and to judge upon like like persuasion is actually defined by logic. It's not a subjective thing. It's more like based on the logic. And I think sometimes several educators have uh, some biases because they are people as well. And people will have uh, form biases based on their real life experiences. But it's important to try look at the logic, except if one team brings up some like nonsense, which doesn't give any impact or is irrelevant to the debate, then that is the only time you can dismiss an argument. But most of the times you do not have the right to do so. And that's the reason why you have to always stay objective. That is quite fascinating. Can you think of other examples where other types of biases can influence the judgment of the adjudicator? Like, just off the top of my head, this person wears very nice clothes or this person has great manners, you know, something like that? Yeah, for example, if you compete with native speakers and then they just repeat your arguments with just more fancy words, some adjudicators, like bad adjudicators, is going to buy that argument and give all the credit to the native speaker team. If you're like um, a higher level judge, you should be able to detect which material is new. Since debating is at least partly persuasion, do you think that the techniques in debating could be used in daily life to make people more persuasive? Well, definitely. One strategy that I tend to employ a lot uh, that technique is called like uh, winning the moral high ground. That is simply that you win them by logic. Sometimes it might be the case, and sometimes uh, it it is not. But most of the times, I find it quite helpful. Apart from being an adjudicator and a debater, you're also a coach. What sort of advice or instructions do you give your mentees to help them become more persuasive? So as a coach, I believe in something uh, like personal liberty. I think that it's important to note that each person has a different like style or different way to persuade others. Some people focus more on the languages they use in order to change your mind. Some other people would tend to use like analogies. Either way, I do not dismiss any more important than than the other. So I try to encourage my trainees to try their best to employ whichever they feel they're better at. Some coaches might disagree, saying that uh, it is important to like give them like a mold. But I think that it's, it actually impedes their ability to think and ability to express. So yeah, I believe in freedom of expression, and I think that it is the best way to help other people improve on persuasion. Let's talk about the best in the world. Do you see anything different in the way that they conduct themselves that make them so special? Well, like for example, my favorite, there are two actually, uh, which is Bo um, Sell from Harvard University and Vinu Goswami from University of Toronto or Hart House. 
uh, they both are very strong speakers. They both have very structured speeches. It is incredibly easy for you to track their speeches. You never get lost. Secondly, I think that their languages and nuances are very strong. It is very easy for me to differentiate between their speeches and their teammates' speeches. I think that、uh, those make them like incredible speakers in the world. Quite interesting. I've had a lot of people tell me that most people only change their minds in private. Do you have any tips for people who just want to become more convincing in casual everyday situations? I think that the first tip is that to give your、uh, audience that feeling that their opinions matters too. But here's the important thing: that is like the even if. It is very important, and advanced speakers usually have that component most of the time in their speeches. Secondly, I think that. Sometimes it might just be your intuition telling you that, "Hey, this argument is correct," or that things should go this way. But the moment that you try to believe, buy into your own like idea, that is the only way in which you can try to protect it. Because if you don't, then you don't even have an incentive to protect it, and then the other people also don't have the incentive to listen to it either. That's my two tips. With that, I would like to end the episode here. Thank you, Alice, for being such a wonderful guest. I really enjoyed this time. Thank you for inviting me. That is the end of the episode. Thanks very much for listening, and please tune in to the next episode. Uh, can you repeat the question?